What's up all you motorcycle enthusiasts, D-Woods, and welcome back to another mile post of the V-Twin Life, where we talk motorcycles, powered by those V-Twins, what feels a passion, why we enjoy them so much. V-Twin Life is brought to you by the Northwest brand, Crash Inc. Clothing. You can find them on the World Wide Web at CrashInClothing.com and on Instagram at Crash underscore Inc. Hey, don't forget, it's Christmas time, holidays, maybe you want to get yourself some Crash gear, loved ones, whatever it may be. Don't forget that promo code that you'll find here in the V-Twin Life, Crash1, save you a few dollars at checkout. Just our little way of saying thanks for tuning in and supporting the podcast. We're also brought to you by Wild Ass Seats. You want more comfort for your ass on those long rides, whether short cruise or long ride? Hey, Wild Ass is going to give you that extra comfort without breaking the bank for a cost of a new seat. You can find them on the World Wide Web at wild-ass.com and on Instagram at the real Wild Ass. Don't forget, hey, you guys need a new windshield? Long Ride Shields did hook us up with that promo code, the V-Twin Life 15. We'll save you 15% off at checkout anything. Long Ride Sales, so check them out. LongRideShields.com. What's up, guys, and welcome to Mile Post 46. We bring back Ray Robledo with the Harley Showcase. It's been a while. I think, God, it was February when you first came on, kind of at the beginning, and you've really got your own, your own program going, which is pretty cool. We thought we'd fucking touch base again and uh and check out how you've grown and your platform that you've kind of built because that's a cool thing about you know podcasting and all this is there's so many different avenues people can go and you've really you know took in your avenue of course we were talking earlier about you know you've been looking at you know uh expanding i guess you could say and it's like shit you know why not get together again and bs bikes and talk all kinds of shit definitely man thank you well um, I appreciate it. Anytime I hear anything like that, first of all, it's humbling to hear, um, you know, that people like what I'm doing, see what I'm doing. Um, I'm just, I'm legit doing it. I said it then I'll say it again because I love these machines. I love these bikes. I love, I grew up in a certain kind of genre of it. So I, I enjoy actually doing it. It's a, it's a cool kickback time. I'm literally sitting in the garage right now with you, a couple of beers, TV, like got motorcycles around me. I'm just looking at parts, kind of, you know, thinking and what is it there to like, man? <laughs> exactly. You know, that's cool. Cause you know, last time when you were first on the podcast, you hadn't even started the showcase yet. I mean, that wasn't even, I don't even think we even touched on that. Cause I don't think that was exactly anywhere in, in the game plan yet. I don't think I can't remember, but no, you know, I think really... I, I think I had started it right. Um, I was probably only about a month in. So you were one of the first guys that I that I talked to outside of it a little bit and like somebody that was doing something similar. And so you and I linked up with one. I We did ours in February. I started the showcase in January of this year. So okay. I was like three. Yeah, I was like three, four episodes into it at the time. And um, it was it got a good like a good jump start, you know, just four weeks into it, it got a nice like uh, receival kind of rate, you know. So people were liking it and started. It got a it got a good jump start to it. And now it's just been quality dudes on there that come kicking and we come and talk bullshit and everything, man. It's been fun. Yeah, actually, dude, you might want to turn your TV down just a hair because I'm getting a whole bunch of your TV in the background. Yeah, man, I could do that. <laughs> I could do that. I got my headphones in, so it doesn't. Uh, there we go. Yeah, there we go. 
There you go, man. I'm sorry, boss. You know what? Because I could hear it like I could hear it muffled through my earphones, not realizing it's loud on the outside. <laughs> so my bad, oh, yeah. man. My bad. <laughs> Which is cool. Like, you know what? I, I like, I mean, actually, I was able to jump in on one besides the showcase. You kind of got the uh, Thirsty Thursday going and, you know, you kind of got a couple different vibes going. You know, you're doing yours, kind of the Instagram going live and whatnot. And you know, like I said, you're taking your own spin on this whole little adventure that we all enjoy, you know. You know, the past, yeah, like, man. you know, I started with the V Twin Life motorcycles. You said, you know, you kind of got your spin going, and it's cool how everybody can interact on so many different platforms and, you know, kind of share that passion that we all have for motorcycles. Definitely. I, I agree with that. What, what, um, I guess what I've realized now doing this is each one kind of has to have its own little, I guess, niche or its own little kind of, you know, distinctiveness that might be the way to put it and you know and i think what 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 i've not what i figured out man but just like by sitting here and chilling what i've realized is that real dudes like vibe to 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 next real dudes so like what i'm doing on the showcase is i'm bringing in the guys that don't have i'm 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 myself following them and seeing their bikes through instagram and then maybe i tag i found something else and then i'm like that's a badass bike dude looks cool but they're not really anybody that's like got sponsors or has a shop or like has a big old, it's just dudes like me that are, that I'm like, Hey man, I want to talk to you about your bike and bullshit about your bike. And I think that's, what's kind of been uh, good for it or kind of the draw to it a little bit is it's not so much just about sponsor stuff. And it's just talking about, it's just talking with dudes that are sitting in the garage like you and I are doing right now. And you know, I've, I've gotten the same, you know, kind of the same feedback. It's like you, you send messages to people you find, you know, on social media and guys are like, why me, man? I'm just a, you know, an average Joe. I'm like, dude, I'm, I'm just an average Joe the same way. It's like, yeah. like you know, we have that, that common ground. I said, you know, and it, that's how it is. Not, I mean, you might have, you know, your dream interviews of people, Hey, you know, maybe someday I can talk to, you know, whoever, but it's just all about connecting with other people and just, you know, sharing that passion. Yeah, man. It's been, it's been really cool to meet some of these people. Um, I've had some stuff going on in like my personal life where I haven't been able to get on the road and see them as much. Um, cause I haven't been riding as much as I, as much as I would like to shit. If we all could, if we, if we could really say how much we want to ride probably be every damn day or, but I got family, I got this and I got some, I have some stuff go on. And so doing this still with people is my way to be able to still like kick it, be in the garage, tinker, and all that shit, man. So I'm, yeah, I'm in the same boat, man. It's like you know, I wish I could get more time on the, you know, last year I was able to just the last couple of years, you know, enjoy the road and just get out all the time. And you know, now work's so busy, it's like you know, you gotta you gotta work to be able to have fun too. We actually need to do one with you, man. We got to do one with you. You got to get on there with me, and we got to show off. I, I think you and I have talked about. um you've shared the story about me, about your, your bike and its journey and where it came from and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. So you and I, you, you should jump on there with me one of these Sundays, man. And, uh, kind of, cause that's, that's cool side to it too, man. The, the sentimental shit, the, why I have yeah. this bike, you know, cause some people have a bike just because they wanted the brand new shit. Some people have a bike because there's a sentimental, I have a sentimental bike as well. And it's, it's, uh, you know, you should come on there and talk to me one of these Sundays, man. We should set that up. Heck yeah, we can do that. 
Action will be fun. And my dad, you know, he's not the most technology savvy guy that he says he's got Wi-Fi in a shop now. He would be another fun one if I, you know, I mean, go up there with him, actually get both bikes. Cause he actually just did a, a ton of work to his 19 road glide. I mean, okay. Put a new cam and he's having a blast. He, you know, spent all kinds of money, but did a bunch of upgrades and all oh, he's freaking super excited about it. Oh, I bet. I bet, man. Anytime you bolt anything else onto one of those bikes, you get, you get excited a little bit more. And then the problem when you bolt something onto it or you do something to it, you're like, okay, what's next? Like it's a, it's a constant, like, okay, what's next? <laughs> yeah. And yeah, I'm a, you know, pretty curious to see how much it's going to really open up his one Oh seven. Cause you know, with the change in the cam, you know, he went to that high, more of a high volume oil pump plus the true duels okay. he's running. God, I think they're six inch slip ons cause with his, he didn't like the gap between the saddlebag and the stock pipe, so he bought the biggest mufflers that he could find, you know, pipes to <laughs> fill that gap. And then he finally, you know, I think he went with Vance and Hines True Duels and got the programmer and, like I said, the cams, the oil pump, the uh, new intake, and God, I can't remember what else he bought, but I think it's really going to wake it, wake that 107 up. And from the guys I've talked to that have done similar deals, said, "Man, it's you won't believe the difference it makes." Oh, it'll, it'll. You'll be chasing him, that's for sure. You, you, oh, you'll I'm be sure. chasing. Yeah, yeah. He'll have he'll have some fun with it. Crack it a little bit. Have, yeah, that's a, that's going to be a nice little hot setup that he'll have right there. Oh, it is. I mean, he gets you know whether it's on his bike or in his freaking hot rod. I mean, he's he's like a fucking sixteen year old kid. It's wide open if it's in the car. I mean, it's <laughs> burnouts from the stoplights and and having fun. You know, he, you know, for an older guy, he's still you know he gets on his toys and it's like he's a teenager. Which is fun. Hey, you got we enjoy so you much got time. Pay to play, right? Pay to play. That's the uh, that's the name of this. That's the name of that's the that's the name of any motorcycle game. But unfortunately, with Harley's, it's like the next level of pay to play. So, well, speaking of pay to play, have you uh, made any decisions on which avenue or what you got going on with your uh, situation? We could call it. Uh, as far as like other ventures that I'm gonna that I'm kind of looking Snob. at. No, I'm talking about your engine. <laughs> oh, oh, shit. Okay. Well, let me tell We're you. going down that rabbit hole, buddy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So let me let me tell you, man, um, some context to it for anybody that's going to listen to this later on and doesn't know. Bottom line is my, uh, my engine uh, took crap, and the culprit was the bottom end taking a shit. And so uh, this is where Denver's asking me, what have you figured out? What have you got to this point? And what is your next move? So I have, I have decided, Denver, since um, I wanted to go with a dark horse uh, crank, a man of war crank, um, there's a time period and a wait period that is longer than I wanted to wait. Um, and there's also a difference in cost. Okay. So, weighing in those two factors and going it's going to cost me more and take longer or i can just buy an sns crank that's in stock and can be put in and that's the option that i ended up going with was i just bought an sns bottom end crank and you know and honestly i don't think i mean i can understand you know the way you wanted to go but when you go with sns man i mean that's a tried and true test you know, testing and a name that has proven themselves when it comes to, you know, Harley engines. 
Definitely. Yeah, they have some. And and so like on that same note, I went with an SNS crank. I ended up going with the SNS crank and then just getting the bearings and the races redone um, on my cases and just going that route because it was cheaper and it was faster. And SNS is a reputable name, like you said, reputable in the in the industry and they build good products. But the, on the flip end of that, the extreme end was going to be to buy like the 128 SNS and just drop a whole stinking crate engine in that thing and then just let her rip, you know, just let the thing eat her. It's a 124 or 128. I don't remember what, exactly what it is, but it was to buy just their drop-in thing. That was on the complete opposite side of the dollar spectrum. And so... <laughs> I got a, I got, you know, I got a little baby girl on the way, a kid I'm putting through, through private school and another one that's on the way. I got a one, a one year, a one year old and another one that's about to be born in a couple of weeks, man. So I got a little other priorities where I'm shifting my money to. Understandable. <laughs> so, you know, yeah. Comfort, but, you know, you, oh, you 100%. Dream toys. Yeah, I still have toys. I got shit in my garage. And the reality of it is, can I afford it? Yeah. And even when you can't afford it, when, even when you can't afford it to spend that much money, when ripping that bandaid, getting to like, when you hand, when you do that, that, that hurts. That's a, that's a, that's a sting, man. I don't even, with, yeah. at least to me, even if I can afford it and I'm still like, uh, it's still things, man, to hand over that much cash. Oh yeah. I get it, man. I looked and dreamed about, you know, when the, the time comes looking at, you know, like the SNS 121. It's like, oh, God, it'd be great. And I mean, I got a buddy that's got a 121 and his, uh, God, I think it's 05 Electroglide. And Jesus, man, I mean, it. he's put a few more goodies into it. I mean, that, that damn thing will pull wheelies. It's quite impressive. I mean, he, he does a lot of riding. He's got a small trailer he'll pull when he, he takes on his little trips, a little pop-up, you know, camper tent. and It's a damn impressive motor. It's like, God, that would be freaking sweet. Oh yeah. Oh, so let me ask you a question. Which do you know what you what kind of would you do? Would do you be willing to spend seven grand, eight uh, seven eight grand is somewhere where that engine was gonna was gonna cost me, or or would you go the other route? Uh it would it would be tough, man. I would have to think. But I mean, it, it is something <laughs> that's like I love to. But I mean, you know, looking at the circumstances, you know, understanding what you got going on. I mean, I've I've been in those yeah. shoes. And it's like, oh. you know, you kind of got to, you got to weigh the the pros and cons. Like, yeah, I want it, but you know what? I got to do this. I got these priorities with my family. And, you know, well, it's like, I had a similar thing years ago. It's like, you know what? I can do this maybe in 10 years. You know, I want to do it now, but you know what? I'm going to have to put this, you know, this part on hold because I got to do this over here. And, you know, you kind of, yeah. you weigh the priorities and I get that 100%. I mean, that's why yeah. I, I sold my old bike and I had that. You know, 10-year hiatus on motorcycles. Like, you know what? I'm going to get another one next year. And that didn't happen because, you know, my my boys, you know, found the love of travel baseball. My daughters, you know, found doing club volleyball. And then found into horses. Kids young. It's like, you know what? I, I can uh, I can get my toys later. And, yeah. You know, family. Kids are, we're going to do this. Kids, and, kids are expensive, huh, homie? <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> You know, I'm at the point, I mean, my youngest one turns 19 next week, you know, and I'm, you know, I'm turning 44 next March. It's like, you know what? I still got plenty of 
time my wife and I, we still have, you know, a lot of time to do the stuff we want to do. And it's like, you know what, we spend our years, you know, doing everything to give our kids the best childhood. And dude, I, we have no regrets whatsoever. And, you know, we've found so many places through traveling with horses and volleyball and base baseball. We found so many neat places and, and whatnot through sports and everything with our kids. It's like, you know, now, you know, it's like we can take fun trips together. It's like, Hey, you know what? We've been down this area. Remember this place and whatnot. And we found some really cool places that, you know, we've revisited some and, you know, it's, it's nice to have that familiarity of small towns and little hole in the wall places that we probably would have never found if it wasn't for that too. Yeah, definitely, man. Definitely. I hear that. I'm trying, I'm uh my next move is, uh, you know, I guess if there's anything I did smart, it was buy a, a lot of my toys before my kids like really like got expect. You know, I got I kind of just had them and I have and I still have them here. So I at least had my toys, you know, pre pre entering it a little bit. But um, <laughs> you know that 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 def that definitely stinking helped, man. Yeah, but you know what? You get all those memories and those fun times that. It's like they say, you know, you talk to people that have had children, they say, you know what, in a blink of an eye, you won't believe how fast time goes, and you don't think of it, and then all of a sudden, like, you know, my, you know, my instance, you know, my kids, I have two that are, well, one's already, my daughter's coming up on 23, you know, their son is going to be 21 in February, the youngest one's turning 19 next week, and it's like, you don't believe how fast time goes. Oh, I know, man, I know, you know my, see, my, like uh, my wife, there were, they were in elementary school. It's like, holy shit, I don't have one. And, you know, the middle son's in college. The other one's getting ready to do his stuff in spring. It's like, man, where does time go? It goes by quick, man. It go And it goes by faster the older we get. Notice that? goes by a lot faster now, though, the older that we get. You know, the one thing I tell, you know, people that I've got to know and, and understand, say, you know, I mean, we all have kids at different times in life. And I think to anybody, it's like, you know, the only advice that I would love to give is you take plenty of pictures, take lots yeah. of them because you don't get those times back and having those pictures to look back on, man, that's huge. Yeah, you're right. I have, uh, I've in my, uh, in my maturing, growing up, adulting, you know, being a dad phase and all that shit. That is one thing that I have uh, I can I can relate to you a lot on because uh, I have I have realized the importance of that shit you know through the loss of my old man and I just lost my I just lost my stepdad also of 29 years you know rest in peace to both of them I've lost two really solid good men in my life in the past two and a half years and things like that put shifts into perspective a lot. But now as a dad and then hearing what you're saying and then what's happened recently, you realize that those moments, those pictures, that type of stuff right there, it's, it's irreplaceable. It's, 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 you know, the shit that you needed that, that you need to do, man, because don't be such a hard ass all the time. And I'll <laughs> don't take a picture, you know, don't, I've learned to get past that part of, of uh, my, my toughness where I was like, I ain't taking a picture. When I did take a picture, I wasn't smiling or I, you know, like I was over there too yeah. busy being too busy being young and tough, you know? So well, I get that. It's take like, pictures. you know, I, take pictures. I think it's been about two and a half years ago. I lost my uncle who was more like, you know, my, my best friend, he was author growing up. He literally, I would say was another fa father figure. 
And when he passed away, I was going through stuff. It's like, man, I think I might've had like 12 pictures maybe. And it, I think, you know, it's like, man, you start scrolling through. It's like, I got plenty of stuff memories in my head, but it, it just really hurts. Yeah. Like, man, you don't have more of those to look back on. And Definitely, it's one of those things, man. you know, when you have kids, Hey, nowadays with these smartphones, memories in the cloud, it's like, man, take pictures because That's you can't it. get That's- those times back. That is absolutely the truth, man. I, I remember giving my old man shit because he would be over there just taking pictures. Like, thank, thank you. Just be over there, like, taking a picture of stuff. I'm like, there goes my old man snapping a photo of some random stuff. And now, <laughs> now that I'm older, guess what I'm doing? I'm over there in the corner <laughs> taking a picture. <laughs> hey, you know what's sad, man? It is it is bad. This is when you know. And fuck, I'm not ashamed to say it. I don't give a shit. This is when you know you've reached kind of the the old age adult status. Have you seen those commercials? I'm sure you have those those insurance commercials where they're trying to pe- teach them not to become like their parents, and they're in like shop. <laughs> yeah, you know when it. When, yeah, when, I know exactly when, what you're talking about. Okay, when too many of those uh, those skits relate to you, that's when you're like, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. <laughs> I've hit that level. I've I have hit that level. Once too many of those relate are relatable, it's over, man. It's all it's it's over. <laughs> <laughs> that is too fucking funny. Hey, buddy. Hey, nice Modelo. I'm going with the uh, the Citrus Mistress here. What Cheers, is that? Buddy. Who make who, who is that? The brewer Citrus. No, that's the name of the beer. It's brewed by Hot Valley Brewing. Hot Valley Brewing. Cheers, brother. Yeah, I, I keep it to Modelo in the garage, man. I usually have the Micheladas, and I get some shit for that. But that's just the Mexican in me because I like to put a little spice in there. I like it a little spicy. I like the tomato paste or the tomato that's in there. You know, I'm, I remember waking up to those and drinking them all hungover and stuff. And that's what I'm like, mm, that's a good taste in beer. So I drink those as well. Hey, you know what? If you like it, it's all that matters, man. You enjoy it. It's got that good taste. Damn right, man. Damn right. So, man, we really got off topic of motorcycle. Hey, that's all good. I don't mind, man. Shit, I don't care, man. I'm good. <laughs> hey, Me too. you and I, you and I, you and I have, um, you and I tried to get this thing. What has it been? Probably like two weeks that we've been trying to link up, and uh, like we were talking uh, about right now, man. Actually, life when I looked at my notes. I think we're it's damn near been three weeks, but okay, you know, yeah. We, hey, look, yeah, life we, gets busy. That's all. That's you know that happens. That's what I'm saying. And tonight, I said, you know what? We've been procrastinating too long with this. And I want to kick it and talk and just bullshit and talk to Denver. Like, I want to catch up with him. So, I ain't got l- – l- who cares? I don't care. We're going to talk about whatever we want to talk about. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> hey, let me ask you a question. Are you um... – Wait, actually, you know what? Oh, Dude, go ahead. Thirsty Thursday. I, oh, you know, it is. Enjoying Thirsty Thursday, having some brews. It's all good. Cheers, brother. Cheers, man. That is absolutely right. <laughs> So speaking of Thirsty Thursdays, you and I, you were asking me, you were texting me or called me earlier and said, hey, are we going? Because it was Thirsty Thursday. So when you say Thirsty Thursday, that's a segment for those of you guys that don't listen, don't watch. That is a segment that I do on Thursdays on Harley Showcase where I either just bullshit and talk. Most of the time we're doing some type of technical stuff or we're just talking about a specific topic or we're drinking a beer and having a topic. So I will be doing that actually when we're done with this, man. I said tonight – I'm going to dedicate a night to just some podcasting, 
just some bullshit. And, and so I'm going to go and do a, uh, a live segment as soon as we're done here. And that's why, you know, I, I'd mess you in like, shit, man, I don't want to interfere with your regular scheduled programming, you know? So I just want to make sure, you know, we are still on the page for this. And it's like, Hey man, if you want to do your stuff, dude, I totally get it. Cause you know, you, you've got a routine going with the showcase. I think it's pretty cool. You know, you've built a good following, you got people that are, you know, you're always interacting with everybody and it's, it's pretty fucking awesome. Yeah, what I have realized in in playing with that thing is that sticking to a specific time and just keeping that time, that's just then people just know that's when you're going to be on. Like they can, you know, kind of expect to see you at 7:30 on Thursdays or 6 o'clock on Sundays. Those are the two nights that I come on. Any other time is just a random time, but I've realized that just by keeping it consistent, people know, oh shit, it's Thursday. I'm going to go kick it with Ray. Oh, it's Sunday. I'm going to go kick it with Ray and shit. And bullshit. Like it's, I just keep it consistent and keep it, keep it all the same, man. So I enjoy doing it, man. I'm fucking, I love it, man. I, I don't, <laughs> it's as weird as that may sound. I really do uh, enjoy doing it. And my wife is, over, my wife will sit over there in the, in the living room. Cause you can see my, uh, my uh, living room here from my detached garage. And she'll just sit there and watch it from the living room. And she's like, you're just out there having a blast. I'm like, Yep, it's a good ass time. Yeah, actually, you know what was it? A month or God, probably a little over a month ago. You doing, you know, a little thirsty Thursday, and I was in there and like, hey, do you want you come on with me real quick? It's like, you know, I'm up at a big barbecue. I'm like, fuck, why not? You know, step out on the deck and yep, dive into thirsty Thursday because fuck, you know, if you're barbecuing, you got to have a beverage. So fuck it. Yeah, worked out. No, awesome. I, I I actually, you know, for for anybody that that listens, watches, I. I actually encourage uh, people to um, join me. Like a lot of the, a lot of the, my friends and buddies and whoever's watching, they'll communicate within the chat that's inside of the Instagram live. But I, I mean, and that's cool because I'll try and keep up with it and watch it or, or read it and kind of interact with it. But um, um, I encourage people to like come with me or come join me and talk about the uh, topic or throw in their kind of two cents or their knowledge on the stuff, you know, on mm -hmm. Sundays, we showcase that stuff. We showcase one specific person on Sundays, but on Thursdays, I encourage people to like watch, be part, you know, participate in it, uh, ask questions on it, you know? So it's, it's an all around just kind of kick back garage session, you know, like I'll, I, I don't know if you watched, you know, a couple of weeks ago, man, I did one like on the, I did one on the bottom end. And I don't know if you yeah. saw that or you, yeah. Oh, and yeah, so I, I have in there. Yeah. So I had a, I had a, a, I have a couple of bottom ends here. And so I was showing what it looked like with the cases kind of split apart and where that piece goes. Cause some people have never seen that. They've never seen that stuff, you know, down to that, that aspect of it. And so right. I had one sitting here and I like, I like to like show the mechanical side of it. I'm a very gear, gear headed, mechanical minded, kind of individual man well and that you know there's a lot of people that they enjoy riding but they might not be the most mechanical some of us are some guys aren't and you know there's no disrespect to those who aren't you know i mean some guys will take their stuff to a dealership just because you know they don't want to they're you know kind of afraid or they don't have that you know mechanical ability and yep. there's nothing wrong with that you know and so you know, like you going that forth, kind of showing more stuff, you know, the, the bottom end, how everything works, the crank, you know, your push rod, I mean, your connecting rods, you know, how everything works. You right. know, some people might get a little bit more education out of that. And 
no, it's fucking awesome. I mean, and that's, you see stuff like that and you kind of got to, it can help build a picture for some people. I mean, there's been self stuff, you know, like when I, uh, when my stator went out last year, like, man, you know, uh, you really kind of, you know, it's like, do I want to dive into this, whatnot? And, you know, did some research like, well, shit, I think I can do this called that. Hey, you know, standard went shit house. I just bought a new one. Hey, I'll be up there, you know, put the bike on the lift. Cause the nice thing in my dad's shop, I mean, we got a, he just actually upgraded his bike lift to new full air, put the bike on the lift, hit a button and it's all air power go up. And, you know, we're Funny. fortunate. We got, you know, dad's got the tire changer in the garage. So we do our own tire changing. We got the big hey. bike lift. So, you know, you pull up the stools, put the bike, whatever height you want. So it's eye level, wherever you're working on. And, you know, it's, it is nice. And, you know, sometimes you might have something that might be a little intimidating, but you know, you can do some homework. It's like, if you know, you're somewhat mechanically inclined, it's like, all right, you know, it might be yep. a little bit past my comfort level, but you know, let me do some research. Let me check a few things. And hey, you know, we're and- saving ourselves a, well, ourselves, I um, saved myself a bunch of money and, did it all myself. Yeah, and there's a certain sense of there's a there's a not pride, but there's just a different different bravado or something when you did it and your bike's running off of your kind of blood, sweat, and you know labor and that kind of stuff. There's just a certain certain different thing that kind of comes along with that. No, but I think even, pride. I think you. I think you got it right. I mean, it, it is a level of pride because you stepped to that level. You know, you did the. You know what was needed to be done you kind of whether you went past your comfort zone a little bit but you know you got the job done and you do get that sense of pride it's like hey you know what i was able to do this you know what maybe i can also you know go a little farther you know next time i have a little problem you know what let me kind of do some research let me do some homework and hey you know what i think i can do this and it is, and, it is and, a and sense I- of pride that is, and yeah, I mean, to be blunt and honest, yeah, that, that's that's what it is. And exactly what you said is exactly how I got into the stuff and did it myself. Exactly what you described. I'm like, okay, I did this. Okay, let me go a little bit further into that and let's see what's kind of behind door number two. I, I figured out how to take this apart and go there. And really, it's just, it's tinkering with it. You have to be able to just kind of put your hands on it and just kind of like, step into it and study it and look at it and that type of shit. It's intimidating because I remember when oh, I yeah. first started messing with it, like, you know, 15 years ago, 20 years ago, uh, 15 years, 15 years ago. And I started messing with the stuff. I was like, it's intimidating because it's a damn motorcycle. Like you don't know, uh, you know, if you're not extremely familiar, you don't know if that bolt or that bolt or that connector or that something is not going to make your bike run completely. You have no, you can, you can unplug a spark, a spark plug freaking wire and your bike not start. And you would never know if you didn't have some type of general shit. It can be something that, that easy to screw shit up. So it's intimidating. Oh, it is. And you know, and <laughs> like with my instance, when the, you know, my first problem, like my stator went out, I'm coming back from, you know, a bike ride, a couple hundred mile ride. You know, with the road glide, I got a bat, you know, amp meter in my fairing, and it's like, all right, I'm not charging. You know, battery light comes on. I'm like 20 miles from home. All right, I'm going to get home. Hey, maybe it's a battery because, like, with my bike, it's like, okay, the first owner was my dad. I pull up the black book. Well, you know what? This battery is, like, fucking eight years old. Hey, you know, maybe the battery finally took a shit because, I mean, batteries only last so long. Right. 
So I spend, you know, the hundred plus dollars, buy a new battery, put it in, take it for a ride. Hey, guess what? <laughs> battery light's still on. I'm still not charging. So then, you know, I, I get out my fucking ohm meter, call a buddy of mine because I'm not the most savvy guy with a multimeter or with an ohm meter. I mean, it, I was never, it's just electrical, something I didn't learn. Electrical is the worst thing to learn, man. I, I There was, when I learned electrical, it was like the last thing on my list to try and like understand. Yeah. But I, I know what you mean. And that's where I am. So, you know, I called a buddy of mine that's an electrician. You know, he was a nuclear electrician in the Navy. You know, he's super smart. I'm like, hey, buddy, I'm, you know, trying to do some troubleshooting. So he walked me through it, you know, did some testing and find out, okay, my regulator's working. My stator's not working. Yeah. So, you know, I, I call the dealership by, you know, say, hey, I need a new stator. They're like, hey, you know, well, if you're doing that, you really should replace the regulator because they kind of go hand in hand. I'm like, well, you know what? My regulator is working just great. It's a stator <laughs> that's bad. And I mean, they're both about the same price, you know, about 300 bucks. I'm like, give me this. So I replace the stator. Hey, everything's working great for about two weeks. Take off on a bike trip, make it like 300 miles from home. And guess what? That new stator fried my regulator. Oh, they God. Know, but that's where it comes in. You know, it's like I have one saddlebag on my bike that's dedicated. I got my socket set. I got some tools. I got cleaning products, you know, cleaning terry cloths and whatnot for, you know, keeping the bike clean and whatnot because, you know, I take pride in my bike. It's yeah. all, you know, it's personal preference. But I'm broke down. I call this Harley dealership that, I mean, I'm at the bottom of the freaking Cascade Mountains in a little town. Like, oh, we don't have one. Sorry. I'm it's like told totally, you know, I'm broke down on the side of the road. And she's like, Really? She's like, Hey, hold on. So she gets in her computer. She's like, Hey, Owens Harley Davidson, the Yakima has one. She goes, They have only one. I'm like, Cool. She actually, you know, gives me their phone number. I call them. And I'm talking to them on the phone, my buddy Dustin, and all of a sudden he's over there putting his helmet. On. I'm like, What are you doing? He's like, dude, I'm heading to Owens. <laughs> like, sure, and he looks at me, he's like, Man, he goes, I know if I was broke down, you would be getting on your bike and going to do whatever you could. He goes, I'll see you in like three, three and a half hours. I'm like, all right, buddy. <laughs> so, you know, I paid for the new regulator as he's, you know, heading over the mountains. And my dad and his buddy Todd, they went to the barbecue place to have some good barbecue and beer. And said, hey, what? You know, uh, you babysit the bikes. We'll be back. I'm like, motherfuckers. <laughs> but you know what? It just came, you know. We had to buy a multimeter in a little town, but, you know, being able to troubleshoot and, and having yeah. some mechanical knowledge and, like, you know, my buddy Todd, who is actually a good friend of my dad's, you know, elect, being an electrician his whole life of many different sorts, you know, we were able to troubleshoot and find out, hey, you know what, your stator's working, but now the regulator's fried and it's not converting it. It's not sending it to the battery. Yep. You know, we replace the regulator on the side of the road and on the way we go, but well at least it was at least it was the out it was the regulators right there in the front and you can get to yeah. it pretty quick and easy at least it wasn't stator again that took it yeah a couple bolts and one wire plug and on your way but i will say dude you know what tracing those wires all the way to the battery they do go through some funky places and they can be a bitch yeah. to follow Definitely. but you know what like i said you know what hey it's all part of the memory i mean it sucked at the moment but you're on the road afterwards and those little stories is it's all part of the adventure. It's all part of the fun. 
shit happens, but you get on with it and you and I I always tell people at least from my perspective like and when I tell people I mean like family that maybe doesn't ride or friends that don't necessarily ride because when they go and they say damn you went on a how long of a ride and you went where and see that's what they always ask they go where'd you go and to me I the the shit I don't necessarily or at least what I remember secondary sometimes is the the where I went and what I did when I was there but I remember trips based off of what happened on the road that time the dude got a flat tire the time the dude yeah. the fucking push rod got bent on the thing the time my buddy crashed off of the side of the road like i you know the time the cable the throttle cable snapped on on a bike the time that my peg went falling off of my off of my those are the those are the ways that i remember my ride you know because those, those, that's part of the journey that's part of the fun oh at least for me that's part of the journey. That's part of the fun. Some people just want to get to their next bar and then their next bar or to their next destination and then just want to get it home. I, I, I wouldn't say I bring on the, the, uh, the, the pain of breakdowns, but I embrace them. This is, I guess, the best way to put it. Hey, it, it adds to the story. It adds to the memories. I mean, I, I can yeah. remember years back with a trip with my dad. He had just got his bike. Fuck, it was his first road ride. It was an O2. It just had, God, I don't know, was the 10,000 or the 20,000 mile service. And we were, shit, 70, 100 miles Are into you it. Mom? Hello. Denver is my, is my mom. <laughs> she was, you? She's, she's taking off. Bye. Bye, mom. Okay. My mom was over for dinner. She's hey, going back go. home. Yeah. Bye, mom. But it's like my dad, we're going up the highway just outside of Ellensburg, Washington. And all of a sudden, his bike just stops in the middle of the road, stalls out, wouldn't start. You know, we've messed with it for a while on the side of the road, and nothing, we couldn't get anywhere. We go back to the hotel, push it back, to, I mean, to a hotel, end up getting a room because there was three of us. We're, you know, sitting there talking, trying to figure shit out. It's like, hold on, okay, you know, got spark, figured all this shit out. It's like, but, you know, the fuel, it just doesn't walk night. It was probably 30 minutes after we paid for the hotel room. We're now out there. We started looking at his carburetor, and the O2 was still a vacuum-driven carburetor for the fuel, and the fucking vacuum hose that came off the carburetor. Oh, so it sucking. It's like, it wasn't getting anything. Oh, yeah, it's like, son of a bitch. And <laughs> like, you know, it, it might be an O2, but it's still running you know, old-school technology, and we were looking over everything. Yep. I mean, I pushed him like a quarter mile back to the hotel. I, I mean, my bike was on the side of the road. So I'm <laughs> pushing him. He's, yeah, just keep pushing. There's a hotel back here. And it's like, well, fuck it. We already got the room. You know, we'll just hang out here. There's a little bar, you know, restaurant across the parking lot. It's like, screw it. We're here for the uh, night, so why not? Yeah. Hey, there was a uh, – me and my buddy, Ben, we went to Laughlin this one time, and it was with my old man. And I forgot. I forgot how long ago it was, man. It was probably at least eight, nine, ten years ago. And my buddy at the time was riding this uh, chopper. It was a special construction bike. It was a, you know, it was a soft tail, but it had a little bit bigger wheel. It, it was Harley-esque, but it had this um, American something odor in it. Anyways, it was a put-together bike. And so we rode that thing all the way out to Laughlin and we got to a city called Ludlow. 
And Ludlow is literally, when you're coming from where I live, going to Laughlin, Ludlow is the last place that you could gas up because it's about a hundred and it's about 110 miles from that point to the next gas station, hundred ish miles. So you gotta, it's the, it's the last place for you to gas up from that point, And we were going, we were going to be in Laughlin for, I think it was Thursday. So we were going to be there till Sunday at that gas station. My buddy's bike decided the starter not to start. So he couldn't, he was hitting it, hitting it, hitting it, nothing. So, all right, well, let's just push you, and we'll figure it out when we get to Laughlin. So we just pushed him, jump-started him, got him rolling. Couldn't figure out when we were on Laughlin, messing with the ignition wires, opened up the console. All weekend long, dude, we had to push him everywhere we went. So we started figuring out, okay, you better park on that uphill so that when you go, you could go down and you could stay, <laughs> we could jump. St- so all weekend long, we, we figured out we're going to have to push start him. We can't figure out how to fucking get this ignition going. And so we, we, we ride the whole weekend. We do whatever we got to do. We get all the way back to our last gas stop from home on our way back from Laughlin, our last gas stop, that son of a bitch went to go hit that button. And guess what it did? It turned on. I got, I was like, you son of a bitch. You've been making us push you all weekend long. He swore <laughs> up and down. He's like, I swear, man, I wasn't starting all weekend. I remember that Laughlin trip for that stinking thing right there, man, for having to push him all weekend damn long. Well, I can remember one trip, you know, the family and I, my son was playing baseball in Idaho last summer because due to COVID, we couldn't play in Washington. So his team went to Idaho because, you know, it was open because, you know, it's one of those states that said, fuck everything. <laughs> and so it's like, and, hey, and real quick side topic on that note, isn't it funny that you could just go and cross that border or you can cross an imaginary line. All of a sudden you were able to go and do all kinds of shit. Oh, isn't, yeah. that in, isn't that insane? Isn't that insane? Yeah. So a- anyway, yeah. <laughs> Well, you know, we're taking a route I'm not familiar with. And, you know, my, my wife's like, hey, why don't you ride the bike? Because we're going down, you know, stay basically with my brother from another mother's, my best friend. You know, he's got his Harley he bought. And so she's like, hey, you know, you ride. Me and the kids will take the truck. I'm like, hey, cool. I'm, you know, awesome. So I'm looking at Google Maps like, you know, hey, I'm going to get stopped, you know, gas down by Vancouver, Washington. I'll fuel up here. And then I said, you know, I should be able to make it to Ontario, Oregon and then to Kuna, Idaho. So, I, you know, I'm coming up with my third gas stop or according to Google Maps, hey, there's a Chevron in this little podunk town. And <laughs> I, I pulled the Chevron, you know, literally my fucking gas lights on. And Google says, hey, Chevron is here. Yeah. Fucking Chevron station was under construction. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Ontario was like another 20 something fucking miles. So I get back on the freeway and make it about eh, about a mile. I'm out of gas. So the wife and kids, they go to down to Ontario, buy a five gallon gas can that the truck stop charged them 40 bucks for a gas can. Uh, They get back, you can find out, you know, start looking at it that somebody at Harvest returned it because either it was broken or they broke it. The safety valve wouldn't work, it wouldn't dispense gas. So we get in the truck, you know, my son had a one liter bottle, you know, pop bottle. So we cut the bottom off it, made a, you know, funnel, laying gas towels all over my gas tank. So we don't leak gas everywhere. It's like, fuck, put some gas in them. Like, fuck, this is good enough. I can make it to Ontario. 
we get down there to the, you know, it's like, we're taking the gas can back. I'm like, fuck, hell, you know, 40 bucks don't work. No shit. I'm good with that. Yeah. <laughs> and there's probably got a gallon left in it. We go inside and like, oh, we can't take that back. There's gas in it. My son's like, yeah, well, it's broke. We can't dispense fuel. And the guy looks at him. Hey, unscrew the lid. Just go outside and dump it on the ground. Then bring me the gas can back. I'm like, you fucking serious? <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> so my son takes it out there, dumps it out. Hey, here's your gas can back. And they gave him the money, but it's like, that's just fucked up. Dude. <laughs> that's just, funny, you know, one man. of those things, like, you know, we're taking a different route that I hadn't ridden before. So it's like, you know, hey, I'm going to let me check Google Maps. Let me map out where we're going so I can. You know, I know my range, but I like to kind of cut it short. So I'd, you know, I'd plan my gas stops 150 to 175 miles because I got the five gallon tank. I'm, I'm on an 04 road glide. Okay. You know, I'd rather be safe than sorry. So, you know, hey, we'll stop here. We'll go here. We'll go here. And yeah, well, I think it was gas stop number three didn't fucking pan out how I planned. Man, 150 miles. That's pretty good, man. I got that 107 with a 58 millimeter throttle body. It's throwing gas in there like, and I'm riding hard, so I'm I'm getting like, I guess I can get about 150, 180, but I, I, it, it depends how fast I guess I'm going, you know? Yeah, and kind of like the area, you get down between Washington and Oregon on the Columbia River Gorge, and you get a lot of wind, and it, I mean, when we were coming back, I had a headwind, dude, no shit, it was so bad. I'm wide open doing 65 miles an hour, and if I let off the throttle, it was like I was slamming on my brakes. Dude. The wind would literally stop me. And so, I mean, I could go 200 miles, but I just, you know, if I'm going through an area that's not familiar to me that I haven't been through, I'd rather err on that side of caution. Say, hey, you know what? I'm going to go here. I'm going to stop here. Just, you know, I like to do my homework when I'm doing trips and especially areas that I haven't been through. It's like, you know, what? I let me err on the side of caution because yeah. I don't know this area. So, hey, there's, you know, supposed to be a gas station here. Google fucked me <laughs> once, but... That's only one time I, so far. I'm an idiot and like to like to throw caution to the wind, man. I like to just get uh, for some stupid reason. I like to try and get in as many miles in between, you know, gas stops as I can possibly get. So I'm, I, I'll sometimes look at my gas gauge and go, mm, "I can make it." <laughs> and I'll just keep rolling, like, and then and then I get to that point sometimes where I'm like, uh, I get about about 10 miles five ten miles past the town that i got i'm like damn i should have <laughs> i started double guessing myself then i'm like maybe i should have just stopped but i've pushed the limits of my like my i pushed the limits a few times man i've, I've done it i've done it myself well, i did that when uh, me and a buddy did the this 9-11 ride up here in washington we went up to canadian border with i mean shit there was well over 200 bikes. I mean, we stretched for over a mile of I-5. And coming back, you know, we took the ferry, coming home, and like, man, I think I can make it all the way. And I got about, I was probably 60 miles from home. The gas light came on, and there's a fuel station about, I think, I just mapped it out, about 22 miles from my house. I'm like, man, dude, I don't know if I'm going to fucking make it. I'm like, hey, you know, we're going to pull in here to the longhouse. Let's get gas. And I took 4.8 gallons in a five-gallon tank. I'm like, yeah, I don't think I would have made it home. <laughs> yeah, I've had those but moments, you know, man. You know, for me, it's like, I mean, I do have the gas gauge, but I also, you know, have the dual trip meters. I will reset one of my trip meters every time I get gas. Just, 
you know, just in case that error caution, hey, my gas gauge says this much, and I look at my trip mirror, I'm like, fuck, man, I don't know. I, you know, I'm at 160 miles. I know how far I can go, and I'm not sure I want to trust my gas gauge at the minute, but. I feel you. You know, it, it's just something I do. Every time I get gas, I reset. I think it's, you know, trip B. I'll reset it, even though I might have a fuel gauge, but it's just one of those habits I've I developed oh, over the years, even from when I didn't have a gas gauge, knowing the mileage yep. of my bike. Why not? That's that everyone has their their own um, you know, ways of riding and things that, that make that make that keep them rolling, I guess, you know, basically is the best way to put it. Some people yeah. are religious about checking their tire pressure every time they stop or every every time they get on the bike. And some people are religious about making sure that every time they stop there's topped off like full gas no matter what. Like it, everyone has their own type of shit, you know. So mm-hmm. I, I get it. I get it. You have your own. We have our own tendencies. Oh, dude, I got a buddy. It's like you can take a two, three day bike trip. Every morning, you know, the next day, he's out there with his cleaners. I mean, his bike will be spotless <laughs> every morning the next day because he will scrub that motherfucker down. I got a friend and, like you know, that too, man. He uh, every, anytime we stop, he he busts out the he opens up the saddlebag, he grabs a terry cloth, and he starts wiping down that black that black beauty. He's just constantly yep. wiping that thing down, man. Every time we stop, he's always wiping that thing. <laughs> I mean, and I've gotten that way. It's like I said, you know, my one, you know, my saddlebag on the left, it's got my toolkit and socket set. You know, I got a little DeWalt duffel bag with, you know, pliers, zip ties, you know, some odds and ends shit. And then I have, you know, probably five, six, seven Terry cloths. I got, you know, my Lucas speed cleaner. I also really love the law-abiding bikers bug, um, bug slide. Dude, that shit is awesome. And, okay. You know, I've got the same way. You know, I'll, I'll wipe it down, clean it. And I mean, there are some days you might have one of those shit rides which is fucking plastered. I'm like, fuck it, it yeah. ain't worth it. You know, you yeah. get some of those night rides where all of a sudden it looks like you killed fucking one million bugs on the front of your bike. It's like, yeah, <laughs> I'll just go to a fucking car wash. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Those, I, I get those when I go on the long stuff. You live up in the area where you probably get a lot more bugs on the, uh, at, at nighttime than, than we do. But you know what I get over here? Um, Because we're only, let's see, no more, no more than 10 miles, and that's probably a stretch or seven, eight miles away from the beach. And what we get over here is we get, like, this film from, like, the ocean water mm-hmm. where it's just, like, like, on my dad's bike, which is all chrome. And you'll see it on your paint and your your gloss powder coat also but on the chrome is where you really see it it just leaves like this this haze or this kind of film over the top of your chrome and man it is such a it, you have to like you have to stay on top of it it'll eat at your chrome it's the yeah. it's got that salt water all that stuff in there it'll start to pit your chrome so it's that's one of the pain of asses about being over here on this close to the beach is you get that mist and that haze on your bike all the damn time. And we get that if you get the fog, because like where I'm at, I mean, I'm a quarter mile from the salt water from, you know, from the bluffs oh, sure. over the straight of Juan de Fuca. So you can get your bike outside and it's like, you know, sometimes in the summer we'll get that fog and you will, you'll get that haze, that marine moisture that will settle yep. on your bike. And yeah, you, know, you do but- either, you got to keep up on the polish to help protect it, you know, to kind of, protect that chrome or like you know if you're fortunate enough not all of us can have a garage some guys 
not everybody does, but you being able to have a garage yeah. to keep it inside also is a big deal. If not help. cover your bike, cover it, man, because it'll if you live anywhere yeah. near the ocean, if you live anywhere near the ocean, cover the bike if you can. Fucking salt water would just eat that shit like crazy. Oh yeah. Very true. Yeah. 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 My dad's bike is all chrome. Rest in peace, old man. But man, I used to have a chrome Road King and it was black and the whole engine was chrome and primary and everything on that thing was chrome, man. Chrome bars, chrome, chrome spoked wheels. I mean, it was it was a Vicla, man. It was a gangster one. And I love that thing. And but man, was cleaning that bitch. That thing was such <laughs> a pain in the ass to clean. And and when I sold it and got rid of it and moved on from it. I was like, oh, I don't have any more chrome. And, you know, rest in peace, old man. But I inherited my old man's bike as Fat Boy, which is all chrome. And I'm right back over there, man. Chrome is a totally different ball game. You are sitting there polishing and wiping. And there's no there's there's no wiping on chrome like you can with paint and shit and outer coat. You're freaking just wiping and, and oh, yeah. polishing. It is it is a r- religious thing to have chrome on your damn bike because you you are are servicing it so much well that and same with uh chrome wheels i mean not chrome wheels but spoke wheels jesus they can be an absolute fucking nightmare dude i I remember wheels on one bike i told myself never again hey i i remember and you know because when i first started riding like over 15 years ago my style was different and you know what I wanted on a bike was different. You know, so I had more of a Vicla style, 21 inch spoke wheel, 16 inch rear, ape hangers, you know, that type of stuff. And I remember sitting there because Sunday was the day to go out, boy. Sunday, Sunday, you were cruising. And I remember sitting in the garage Saturday night, uh, this apartment that I had, and it had a detached garage that I had to share with somebody, and all I had was my bike in that thing. And I'd go in there, man, and I'd wrap a towel around that thing, and I'd sit up and down every <laughs> single stinking spoke, man, and I would polish the heck out of that thing. And, boy, I mean, I would sit there for hours. I would sit there legit for hours on end just, like, meticulously cleaning that thing. But I'll tell you what, that thing was sparkling like a diamond when I, when I when it rolled out on Sunday morning and it, hit, and it was cruising out on Sundays. Boy, that thing was sparkling man i for sure blind you well you know that came back earlier you talked about wrenching the pride you take in it you know that also i think comes into you know how you care for your bike a lot of these guys i mean they will go beyond the extra mile but they're taking pride in what they own and man there is nothing wrong with that no man i keeping you 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 mentioned earlier you said that i heard you say that you know you like to keep your bike clean that's just the way you like you know you're 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 wiping it down and stuff but you know on the flip side of that i I keep mine clean as well um i'll wipe it down when i'm on the road a little bit just to keep up with the clean of it but there's also an advantage like on a on a mechanical side of it because when you have a leak or you have something that that happens you'll be able to identify something like that much quicker than if you have grime on your bike and you have all this shit, you don't, you can't tell if it's just the grime on your bike or now you have some sort of leak or you have something going on when your bike is kind of maintained and clean and well kept. And then all of a sudden yeah. you see a wet spot on it. Well, you know, something's wrong, you know, something's out of whack. So it's, you know, keeping a clean bike. Yes. We may talk a little bit of shit and rag on people for 
wiping it down all the time, but there is a benefit. There is a positive to, 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 there's a flip side to it, you know? Oh yeah. I mean, and that's, you know, something that I don't, it, it bugs me. You see people that will spend, you know, these fuck me, brand new Harleys aren't cheap, 20, 30, you know, you get CBOs, you're 40, 50 grand. Yep. And you'll see guys where, okay, even up here in Washington, say in the summertime where, Hey, you know, we haven't had rain in two months and a guy's bike is just, it looks like he rode through a mud pit and it's like, I can see the same guy for six months and know that dude, he's never cleaned it. I'm like, Jesus Christ, man, dude, you, you have a <laughs> fucking, you know, damn near brand new bike. It's a beautiful bike. Fucking yeah. take care of it. it. It just, it irks at me. I'm like, Jesus Christ, man. It, oh God, it pisses me off. I would too, man, because, uh, I, when, when all this engine stuff happened with my bike, um, options were like, okay, do I just buy another engine, put an engine in this thing and just sell this thing and start over? And I started looking at the new bikes, not start over, but get the new platform. Like obviously there's the M eight now, right? I'm still, I'm still a twin cam. I'm still a twin oh, cam too, guy. Man. I'm not sold uh, on yeah. the M eight whatsoever. Uh, well, okay. So on that, on that note, when my engine took a shit, and I was weighing out my options. Option A was, you know, or cheapest was rebuild the bottom end, which is what I did, or just buy a new crank, and that's what I ended up doing. B was buy a whole nother SNS engine, or it was like, okay, put an engine in here, get it just running for somebody, and sell it, and then go and step into the new platform. And the reason I was being, I was kicking that idea around a little bit is because at first, I wasn't, I wasn't sold on the m8s i you know and then that's i guess either me being a a pure not a purist because twin cams aren't like the fucking original shit of a harley but i guess right. i don't know if that's just me being and just stuck in my ways type shit and going like twin cam is a shit that's what i grew up with all hail twin cam well but you know I, and i'm the same way but i think for me it's more or less is you know i've had one for a while I've had, you know, buddies and whatnot, friends, and it's, I'm comfortable working on one. I know the yeah. mechanics of it. I'm not, I'm not as afraid to dive into it and work on shit as where an M8 is like, dude, it's, I don't know it. I'm not familiar with it. I've read plenty of problem. Well, you know, in the beginning, but it's still a new motor. You know, what are they? Five, four or five years old now. You're, yeah, you know, my okay, opinion, they're so, kind of still so. working bugs out of it, but I'm not mechanically familiar with it where i don't want to own one yet i'm just i don't want one so, so on that note yes you're right we don't we we probably can agree on that because we haven't worked on one yet like we have on a twin cam once i have one i'm probably going to be taking the thing apart and taking a look at how it works and all that stuff and i have an idea trust me i've gone to the shop that's down the street from me that i'm good friends with my garage in ventura i i go to there you know over there and my buddy mikey's over there working on it he's got He's got it down to the pistons and just the bottom end with the rod sticking out and stuff. And it's an M8. And I mean, it's all the same stuff. It's just more valves on top. Uh, that's it. It's more, it's, it's, it's the, uh, it's it bigger. That, that's it. It's the same pistons. It's a, all, you know, it's a very similar setup, but now single cam. Single cam yes, single <laughs> cam. But the concept is the same. You open up that cam plate, there's a cam, or you open yeah. up the thing, there's a cam plate there, there's still a chain there, but instead of having two of them, you only have one cam that's been, you know. So, yeah, yeah. there's a couple of, but, I mean, overall functionality of it is generally, you know, 
the same when it comes to, yeah, yeah, yeah. So anyways, long story short, when I was also trying to get to, you know, when I was uh, looking at my other options for the bike was jumping into that platform. But as you had said, it's 20 grand, it's 30 grand to buy these bikes. I found some that were maybe 17, 18 grand, but come on, Denver, let's be real right out of the gate. I'm going to be 5,000, 7,000, $8,000 in to put bars, to put an exhaust, to get some decent suspension on the thing. I'm going to be deep into that thing like that. And so as much as I was like, this is the opportunity. Oh, go baby. Touchdown. As much as this was the opportunity for me to be able to jump into that platform, the dollars, I was just like, boy, I just don't want to. That is just, that's, it's a lot of money. It's a lot of stinking money. Oh, it is. Like, you know, I mean, I'm riding an 04. I would love to go to the 2010, 2012, go to a 110, you know, is my next. I just, I don't know. I, me personally, I'm not sold on, on the Milwaukee's. It's not something that I just, you know, I don't want one yet. I'm, I'm comfortable with the twin cams. It's where mechanically I feel I can, you know, still fuck with them, do what I need to do, do the maintenance. And I don't need to rely on a dealership. And it's for me, it's, is where I'm comfortable at and I like and, them. I enjoy them and you know, nothing against the newer Harleys, but I just, they don't have that sound. <laughs> you could do some stuff to them to make them sound, but you know, another reason that I was kicking it around is because the cost to make one of those faster versus the cost to what it takes to make a twin cam faster is, is different. You can make more power and this is why I was looking at them because I was looking at engine stuff and like, what am I going to do? And so you can make more power out of those M8s with less money than it would cost you to do a big ass V twin with heads and ported heads and pistons and all that stuff. The bottom ends, you know, supposedly in these new M8s is pretty, uh, pretty stout. They can take a, take a good beating where all you have to do is worry about, you want a 128, you want a 131, you want a 140. These people make like 145s now or something. There's people out there making 150 something. They're making giant ones where you okay, can just bolt these on, cylinders on. The flip on. side, okay. Now, now let's let's flip spectrums. Okay. Okay. You can go. It's okay. 130, 140. You know, you're talking 150s. For me, it's like okay. Give me a little bit of horsepower. I want longevity. It's not so much yeah. where I can go to some, you know, you know, bike event where, hey, you know, I'm running 120. I, you know, I, I got this fat tire. I'm putting down 130 horse. I mean, hey, that's great. What's your longevity? You know, I might build mine and say, hey, you know what? I might be only putting out, say, 110. You know, I got, you know, 120 foot pounds of torque. But you yeah. know what? My longevity is going to take me a long fucking ways over what your horsepower is going to take you, what, in a year? You know, I mean, I'm. I, Okay, say I'm talking to my ass. You got a 150-horse engine. Maybe it's going to last you a year. I might build mine a little bit, give me a little bit more horsepower, a little bit more torque, you know, just a little bit more oomph for those, you know, whether you're loaded down or you're two-up riding, whatever. Yeah. But I'm going to build my bike for longevity, not for numbers where I can go to some bike event and say, hey, you know what? Here's what I'm putting down. Go fuck yourself. Yeah. Th- that's no, just no, not no. my thing. And, you know, if I want to build the bike, I want, you know, more numbers, but I want that longevity. I don't want to have to rebuild it in another year or two. I want to be able to go a hundred thousand, 
you know, 150, 200,000 miles and still have plenty of longevity in my engine, but still give it just enough oomph where, hey, you know what? I'm good. Yeah, no. And, and I, I think I, that's a balance. After going, after going through basically two engines with my twin cam, yeah, you're, you're absolutely right because that's exactly the, the type of scenario that I was in. I built I built a hot rotted 107 for my for my road glide and it's got all the the all the the shit that you want to put on it, right? But it, it's a nice little hot rod engine that I like to get on and it only lasts me so many damn miles because that's the price that you pay when you take an engine and you you soup it up and shit like that, you know? So you're absolutely right. There's a there is a there's a balance or there's a trade-off, I guess, is, is what you may want to call it. There's a trade-off between yeah. the two. And so I'm building another bike. Like I'm going to build a, a, a tribute bike for my old man. He never got a road glide. And I want to be able to build that bike to take it on long trips. And that's a 96 right now. And I would, and, and the exact, and what I want to do with that one is exactly what you're talking about. I want to take it on long trips. I want some power there so that when I need to get out of a situation or I need to, I need to kind of go, then I want it there, but I want longevity out of it. So I'll take his yep. 90, I'll take that 96 and only go to like a 103, you know, not crazy head work, not a gigantic cam, just something subtle that's just there. And, but it'll get me some more, some more miles out of it. That's the route and I'm see, definitely going to go with that bike. And that's where mine is. And, you know, mine was an 04, so it came out as the 88. It's been bumped up to a 95. You know, I got the, it got 50, 50 odd thousand. I got the paperwork. I want to say, say 52,000, the gear driven 252 cams, you know, the programmer, some other shit done to where, and you know, the head work, whatnot that my dad did. So it was bumped up to a 95 at around, you know, 52,000 miles. Okay. Yeah. It, it's not a whole lot, but you know what? It's still if I want to pass the car even two up and you know, I got plenty of, umph, I can get out of the way, but you know what? I'm at a hundred and four hundred five thousand miles. I keep yep. up on the regular maintenance, you know, I, and whatnot. And you keep up on the bike. You know, that's the other thing. Take care of the bike. It's going to take yeah. care of you. Yeah. You know, definitely. keep up on your fluids and, and whatnot. And, you know, check your shit, you know, bearings and whatnot, when, you know, head stems, you know, everything in your your triple trees checking yep. i mean you know like we said earlier your tire pressure you got guys say you know put away their bikes for the winter time you store your bike two three four months it doesn't take a whole lot of pressure in your tires it, it will affect your handling hey if you yep. put your bike away for the winter take that one minute you know roll it forward you know get in a convenient place course hey check your air pressure check yep. your oil check your fluids Especially, you know, if you put your bike away for the winter, hey, why not? You want to roll it out in three or four months, put some fresh fluids in it. Yep. But just yeah, do keep you have up to on the regular any, uh, maintenance, and that bike will keep up on you. Do you guys like in, or are you in a snow area? Like, does it snow work? Uh, it's, you know, it's hit and miss, but I mean, I'm, I'm fortunate enough, I can ride pretty much year round. You know, there could be maybe a two, three week period. You know, December, January, February, we might get snow. Maybe I can't ride for two, three, four weeks. But I'm one of those guys, hey, it might be 45 and blue skies. Dude, I'm going to go for a ride. Yeah, I feel you. I feel you. 
Well, I say that because I, I've lived here in Southern California all my life. So it's not really something that I have to think about, like storing a bike or like putting it away for like set amount of months because it's going to snow or anything like that. Do you need to? Uh, do, uh, and I'm asking this because do they? Do you are you, do you need to drain your fluids before you store it or anything, or you put it for anything in it, or you just sort of just sort I mean, of have, some let people it go? might, but I mean. In my garage, my garage is fully insulated. I mean, I, I'm out here a lot during the winter. I got a full, you know, wood stove. So, you know, my garage is somewhat heated, I guess you could say. But with the insulation, okay. <clears throat> even in the springtime, if it's sat for, you know, I think when it comes for me in springtime, I will drain all my fluids and just change them. But, you know, I, I try to get my bike out every few weeks, at least go for a ride, you know, kind of stir up the fluids, I guess you could say. Yeah. But in springtime, whether it's time for not for a change, I will drain them all, change you know, the primary, the tranny, I'll change your engine oil, get it all ready. But, you know, I, th I think it depends on how you kind of store your bike, what the environment, what you have your ability to store your bike yeah. at. Not all people yeah. will have a garage. Maybe some have a carport or you keep a cover, you do what you can. And I think that is also going to affect the, uh, you know, whether when you want to change your oil, especially in the wintertime. I mean, for Definitely. me, I, I live at the base of, you know, the Olympic Mountains. Well, a few places, you can come down here to the Saltwater Beach. You can take a drive 45 minutes and be up in the snow, even in summertime. Uh, that's pretty nice. I like that. I've been thinking about getting out of this state, man. I've been thinking of, I've been, I've been looking at, at properties in other places and other towns and looking for, not looking for, but just seeing the types of jobs that are available out there, you know. Yeah, I, I think I'm a. Uh, I don't. I don't want to say I think I'm ready or I think I'm done with California because I'm fucking born and raised here, man. And I love it here. I mean, I love it here. I really, I really do. But I'm tired of how much it costs to live here. I'm tired of all the, the pol the politic crap and everything else that goes along with it. I'm tired mm -hmm. of that por portion of it. But I, I, the environment, everything about this place, man, the the weather. And the vibe and the beach and the mountains just right up the way. And I got canyons galore. I'm just a shot distance from everything around here. Like, I love that, but God. When it comes to riding culture, I mean, you, you're based in a great area where you're fortunate enough. I mean, you can literally ride 12 months out of the year. And yeah. what, how many days do you ever get below 50 to go ride? Yeah, no. Hey. We talking shit, man. It gets it gets like forty five <laughs> around here, dude. Don't be, don't be. It's <laughs> fucking midnight when you're sleeping. Hey, you know what? Listen, it gets like around 45, 40, 45 degrees here. <laughs> Sometimes it gets to fifty. Hey, it's cold, man. Out, it's cold around here. <laughs> I don't know if it's the ocean breeze or we're just oh, bunch of shit. bunch of sissies, man. But it's a it's a chill around here. It gets cold around here. I'll, yeah. I'll shut up I'm now because sure you're gonna because yeah. what you're gonna. <laughs> what does it get over there? Cold's a bitch, ain't it? <laughs> what does it get over there? Uh, hey, I know the other morning I was let's see last week <laughs> I went to work and. The alarm in my truck kept alarming because it was 34 degrees. Oh, yeah, 34 degrees. It don't get. I don't. It doesn't get that cold here. Yeah, it's got maybe, maybe, but uh, 
No. Maybe what, 50? No. <laughs> <laughs> no, it gets cold. It, oh, if, it hits, if it hits like 45 around here, man, there's something about that ocean breeze that maybe it's not that cold, but I've been to the mountains where there's snow and shit. I've gone like snowboarding and I've gone up to Colorado and I've gone, I've, I've ridden in some cold shit, but it, it gets cold around here. All yeah, right, I'll I'm shut not up. Sure it does. You got to put on a sweatshirt. You don't own coats. You just own sweatshirts, buddy. Hey, I got coats. I got coats. Yeah, I'm sure you haven't seen them in two years, but you have them in the closet. Fair hey. enough, man. Fair enough. Hey, hang out for a minute, though. Hey, guys, man, this has been a lot of fun. You know, bullshit with Ray. You know, milepost 46. This whole V Twin Life adventure has been fucking awesome. You know, by all you guys tuning in, the comments, the support, I can't thank you all enough. You know, we're all just guys, you know, like Ray and myself share the passion for motorcycles like everybody else has been on here. And, man, it's a lot of fun. And, hey, you know what? We're twisting throttle and we're not going to stop. These mile posts are going to keep on rolling. Hey, thanks for tuning in, guys. Hey, y'all, ride safe, have fun. And we'll catch you next week on the next mile post.